Hello and welcome to Auto Talk. I'm Clark Price, and with me, as always, is automotive journalist, author, a writer, collector, consultant, fine artist. It's Wallace Weiss, and also right here. Usually, uh, he's often in the field collecting fascinating information to share uh, within and without the context of the Auto Talk radio program. He's here, Shirag Dave, and we are going to catch up with these two. Let's start with Wallace Weiss. Wally, what's going on in your world? Uh, let's see, Clark and Shirag. Uh, this, I think it's Saturday, I'll, I'll be at uh, a local car dealership that sells exciting cars like we wish we owned, and uh, Ferraris and stuff like that. It's called CNC Motors in Upland. And they, all the owners of the exciting cars, will take a ride up to Mount Baldy. But I'm, I'm too mortified to drive my Nissan Versa in pursuit. But at least I'll, I'll be there with my artwork. Okay. By the way, uh, we like to talk about our restorations and repair work. Uh, you did. I did notice a, a little bit of ba- damage to your car, and uh, hopefully you get that back to show condition. And uh, Chirag. Is there a show for Nissan versus? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One versus versus the other versus. Um, Chirag, what's going on? Oh, you just went to drive UCR. Last night I did. Yeah. You know, actually I drove right by drive and uh, drove on and uh, I somehow missed the fact that it was happening. Uh, Were there a lot of people there? Uh, there's a handful of people, maybe around 20, 30 people. And is it, is it all centered? I mean, cars and coffee is usually centered around a coffee shop. Is it? Is uh, It's centered around a boba tea the shop. The boba tea shop, yeah. It's too bad that can't be worked into the name. Uh, the boba drive, UCR, something like that. Um, but what was uh, how, a handful of people? Any interesting cars? There was a Lamborghini Aventador that was there. That was relatively what? interesting. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you didn't mention that in the text last night. Uh, uh, it wasn't student-owned. It uh, was not student. It was so not a student. Who, who is, who, who is uh, it? Actually, I'm not quite sure what he does. Was he it goes, the Sultan of Brunei? No, he goes by John Fob Movement. Uh, you guys can look him up on Instagram. Okay. He's the owner of several cars. I've met him a, f- a handful of times before with his uh, modified Nissan GTR and modified um, Acura NSX. Uh, but to- yesterday he brought uh, a brand new Lamborghini Aventador, mm. uh, just a regular base model. Nothing. Uh, no. What's his legit. What's his name? Uh, John Fob Movement. F O B. Movement. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's actually. He actually shows up. On he shows Google. up as a as a thing. Yeah. Uh, and apart from that, there were some other interesting cars. There was uh, a late model Nissan GTR. There, there was a nice um, modified uh, Mazda RX-7 with a rotary engine, um, also present. Uh, but overall, some of the student cars were relatively neat. Hmm. What was the best student car? Uh, you know, I really liked this Pontiac G8 that showed up. Really? Uh, this Pontiac, I don't know what sort of exhaust work uh, the owner had done to it, but it sounded magnificent. Hmm. Hmm. It's a very I basic build, but uh, it just looked just right. You know, it wasn't overdone. Um, tasteful amount of modifications on there. Okay. Well, you mentioned Pontiac, which is a deceased 
uh, brand of General Motors and some with it, it, it often showed promise. And um, I thought the G8 was one of those cars that showed a lot of promise for Pontiac towards the end of their yeah end of their run. Um, what was this? It looks like it might be based on the small Cadillac. It's actually uh, relatively based off of a Chevrolet Caprice. Car- oh, really? It's that uh, large. So the Chevrolet Caprice that we have as police cruisers now hmm. are essentially rebadged versions of this Pontiac G8. Okay. Uh, they sold this uh, in Australia very popularly. Oh, so it's is it a Hol- It's not Holden based. Uh, I believe it may have its roots traced back to Holden cars, hmm. like the Holden Commodore. Okay. Um, interesting. Interesting. So. Um, uh, it's a it's talking about GM so GM is going to be coming out with it's been decades of talking about a uh, mid-engine Corvette and we've been talking about it mostly because uh, I want one I don't know if you guys want one I want one I can't you do afford too one. okay well we don't know if we can afford it or not but the rumors are out there and some of them are saying that <laughs> That I've heard seventy thousand to the high now is a hundred thousand more than that at a hundred and seventy thousand, and you have uh, shown us this uh, article from MotorOne.com, and it says, "Folks, we've got good news and bad news. We discovered pr- more preliminary information about the upcoming mid-engine Chevrolet Corvette, but unfortunately, it won't make you happy." Uh, and what that refers to is what, Chirag? Uh, well, looks like some rumors have pointed out. Um, some usernames on some Corvette forums have given out the price precisely at $169,900. Uh, it's a bit steep considering a lot of people were expecting the car to be around 100 to 130,000 range. Well, the idea is it not Wally of the Corvette is it's the everyman sports car, right? As uh, it wasn't that it was the concept? originally, but uh you know, times have changed. I mean, well, that's the point. Three though. bedroom houses in this area are like four hundred and fifty thousand. So. Well, except is it really is the price of a house the standard of comparison for a vehicle? Uh, I mean, it, the everyman sports car today is what Chirag, the the MX five. I the think. MX five. I mean, yeah. the MX five starts at around twenty five grand, but. The current generation C7 Corvette right now starts at just a hair over fifty-five thousand. So, in so my that's, opinion, that's not this, every man. It's some some men. Well, and then uh, even fewer financially men. well-off middle middle-class yeah, men's right sports car. Right. But I think one hundred and seventy thousand is we're looking at either maybe for the the most top of the line performance model or just the car fully spec'd out. I don't think. The car is going to start at 169,000, especially when the previous generation uh, starts at 55,000. I don't think you know that's just a dumb move on Chevy's part to have the car start at 115,000 more. I think the that <clears throat> this is a GM. This may be kind of a mistake because it's w- the Chevrolet Corvette will be by far the most expensive car that GM sh- sells oh, easily. And because of that, I think there's an issue of of are they going to actually sell enough of them to make this uh, profitable, profitable, or even a break evenable? I would even even argue that I think that I definitely I'm confident that they can do that. You uh, think so? I think so, especially because 
of the range of models they're going to offer. Right now you have the standard C7, then you have the Z06, the ZR1, and I'm assuming that they do the similar thing when it comes to this Corvette, uh, this new C8 mid-engine uh, Zora, as they've called it, that it's going to be, it's going to have different levels to it, and I think I, that because of that they'll make they'll make sure it's profitable. I think that um, it might be wise to to with all the tooling I would assume paid for and uh, the model worked out to keep the C7 intact while you're selling this as a super high end. Right, it could be like an iPhone type of thing where last year we saw the iPhone 8, the traditional iPhone with the home button and everything, and had the iPhone X come out mm -hmm. as the whole new next generation of technology. You could definitely see that with a Corvette, have the traditional front engine uh, go on and be sold alongside the mid-engine. Wally, what do you think? Well, I thought you were going to mention something. Wasn't there some line before the show about Cadillac Cadillac. Oh well, yeah, but uh, you, you're just you always. I'm talking. We're talking about the cost of the thing. Oh, I think I don't think 170 thousand is as is as uh, huge a figure as it used to be. Especially when this car is going to compete with the likes I mean, of Ferrari. I've seen people just graduate from college in the right field like software get offered sixty thousand. So. I, I don't think sixty thousand is going to qualify you for a hundred seventy thousand uh, dollar car. If you can get, if I'm a banker though. looking at your your numbers, I'm not going to give you a loan. Right, I, I would agree with with Clark there. Yeah. All right. Let's let now Shirag reveal what he has discovered here. Something that just came out. Are we have we frozen frozen our thing here. Well, oh there, oh there it is. Today, yeah. some pictures of a mysterious Cadillac key fob have surfaced the internet, uh, and on the back of the key fob, there's two distinct buttons that show a silhouette of what looks like a sports car, um, and one button is to open the front hood of the car, and one to open the rear hood of the car. This indicates that uh, this car is going to have a frunk on it, very similar to what you see with like electric cars or mid-engine cars, and this has a Hinting, this is hinting towards the return of a Cadillac-based, uh, a Corvette-based Cadillac model. Yeah, that's what it, I mean. The, the profile, of the, like. the profile of the car looks like a mid-engine vehicle, and it, so the, I wouldn't be surprised the, if they if they really brought it into well, Cadillac. What now. this what this what this looks like is that uh, it's a new Cadillac Chevy Corvette-based Cadillac is coming out. So if the Corvette version, the C8, is $170,000, I'm going to guess the Cadillac version is, I mean, who, who at, it's going to be over 200 and I wonder who at GM gave the green light That's exactly to, what I was wondering. to competing with against Pagani. Yourself. Well, that yes, yeah. against I mean, you're yourself. Just against yourself. Well, here. I assume that the that the they've worked out the numbers that the the platform is identical, and so you're just putting that, that's sheet not metal right instead there. of plastic. I on. think it's the same problem that the XLR faced several years ago when it was released. One one problem it faced was it just didn't look very good. That that's one of them. I mean, I think over time, I kind of like the way the XLR looks. Well, because it's different. Respect, it just looks different from. Other I saw and I saw last night uh, in uh, uh, taking my mother to the grocery store uh, in uh, in Palos Verdes. There was a uh, an, a Cadillac ELR 
which is the Volt-based version of the Cadillac. Which just goes to show that did not sell well. It's, it was a, it was, dis, it was trashed by everybody, including Doug Demuro. Like this is a blah blah, and she just hate, depreciated horribly. Yeah, depreciated. You can pick one well, up. Well, yeah, twenty thousand now. Are they're not quite that low? Uh, I've actually kept my eye on them, and the, do you know why? 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 I think they look great. I was about to say I don't. I don't like the way they look at all. Oh, I think that I think it looks like a show car. Uh, that is that. Uh, I th think the proportions are all too big. I think. Well, I I think that Cadillac thought it looked great too, and so it looked great, and it got great uh, gas mileage, and it was also seventy five thousand dollars or eighty. Eighty. I thought they were higher than that. They were higher, but that it, was it uh, was seventy five was with the tax. Rebate. I I remember. I remember. Uh, comparison between the Cadillac ELR and the the uh, the Tesla Model S, and the Tesla totally destroyed the ELR in every way, including appearance, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it was the same price, and, and the the range. I know I have a first generation Volt, which is the same as the ELR. And the uh, the range is like thirty five to forty, and the range on the Model S was two hundred. It's no comparison, really. No comparison. I just think that the problem here is exactly what you just stated. When you compare the Cadillac to its competitors, it um, doesn't shine very well. And over here, especially when you're looking at the cor regular Corvette, uh, mid-engine Corvette, looking at a hundred seventy thousand dollars price point. Um, you can only speculate that's going to be higher for for the Cadillac, and $170,000 can buy you a brand new Acura NSX. It could buy you a brand new Audi R8, which uses a Lamborghini Huracan source. Absolutely, G10. and it's so a very even, appealing. And you're looking very close at the McLaren 570S range, which is just absolutely out of this world. And you've introduced two cars that really have not undercut the price at any level. Right. So why would someone who could afford a hundred and seventy thousand dollar mid-engine C8 Corvette not just buy just buy the Cadillac? Yeah, or just buy the Audi R8 or the NSX? Yeah, or the McLaren. All three cars, which I can almost assure are going to be built to a different pedigree. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's I think they're going to make a very good car here. They'll make a great car here, but I just don't think that you know you can't really compare. Wally, what do you think? Why would someone buy this car versus uh, the other cars that Chirac no mentions? Real, I mean, nationalistic person that wants to buy American and and think that is true. And think exist. at least the parts are made in America. The engine, you won't be worried about uh, interruption part supplies. Uh, for instance, if you're using the term nationalistic in exactly the same way that Donald Trump uses it, it's actually not a positive term. Well, there are there are plenty of Corvette we fans. Flags no, that's no, no. You don't understand what the term means. But pro-American. Uh, well, if you want to put it that way, it's a different connotation. It's a different connotation. So anyway, um, uh, so you're saying that someone would want to buy American to, to be to uh, support American industry. Yeah. So that's why I do it. I mean, the Acura NSX is built in Ohio. So, well, you're supporting American. That's supporting uh, American industry. What the thing? Americans the, built that car. Yes, and and that's often cited. But the thing is, those are usually uh, what's the uh, right to work situations where they're paying substandard 
substandard wages wages to uh to you know the employees there and they get the the local republicans to buy off on these uh on contracts and they support their uh campaign funds legalized bribery hmm yeah put that in your rush limbaugh <laughs> My pipe was in the UAW yeah well he years. probably got paid well you're here aren't you so um Anyway, I got problems with it. Oh, let's let's go on. Let's move on. Yeah, we put a lot of time into that. So, uh, well, what have you got here? Let's go from one uh, one uh, Cadillac story to another. What is this one here? I wish I could read your. A Cadillac had the subscription program highly, highly touted, and uh, that was where you paid fifteen hundred a month plus a five hundred dollar initiation fee. And uh, it was available initially only in New York, but later in Dallas and L.A., where the cost increased to 1800 I think that's a huge monthly fee, but it entitled you to drive the Cadillac of your choice. And then when you got bored with that, you could call them up and say, no, I want to change this other model or this other model. And uh, But suddenly, it's uh, they won't admit how many subscriptions have been sold, but I think it's a lot less than they said. And so they're going to pause the subscription service, which... Is this, a, is this an all-in subscription the way the Volvo is? Yeah, yeah. With the insurance, everything? Yeah, and then they yes. come over and, and deliver you to mm-hmm. pick up your car, take the dealer, and bring it back and wash it and coddle it and all that. And I just think I never realized that the monthly fee was going to be that high. I think mm-hmm. 600 700 a month ought to be the most that you ought to pay. I just can't believe people want to are so worried about being inconvenienced with car ownership that they'll pay what would be the rent for a two-bedroom apartment? Okay, you always compare to to residential stuff. Uh, what's what do we got with here with Ford and VW? Uh, uh, yeah, Ford. Uh, well, you know, Elon Musk, keep, uh, leader of Tesla, keeps predicting bad things for Ford, and he's so proud that his company is worth more than Ford, which has been in business for over a hundred years. But uh, Ford is in trouble. Everybody knows it, that they dropped a lot of sedan models. So depending on the Mustang. And they're going to put out a four-door Mustang. Yeah, and and pickup trucks and SUVs and crossovers. But now there's talk that they will, Ford and Volkswagen will get together to save billions on research and development. And I think for Volkswagen, this is kind of a face-saving thing because they got so much trouble about lying about diesels. So this way they could still be a dominant force in America, but with... Uh, I, I think we've discussed this before. Flight. I think that premise is totally false. I don't think... I don't think so either. I don't think anybody is not Bad patronizing nothing. VW because it's like... I've never had anybody tell me that they refused to buy VW because of what they did. Yeah. I, I, I'm afraid that that's true. They should, but that's not a factor. And on November 14th, they're going to have a, uh, a media event forward to experience the ecosystem of capabilities and autonomous. So they're really uh, hoping, Volkswagen and Ford together are hoping to have all the solutions for autonomous. That's uh, cars that ultimately in stage five version, you don't have a driver, or I guess you don't even have a steering wheel. Do you have brake pedals? I guess if there's no driver, you don't need brake pedals. I'm, I'm assuming that it's there for... Uh, but anyhow, the thing is, uh, they're hoping for that. And GM and its cruise subsidiary are, are seen close to Waymo. So basically, 
all these different car companies are lining up who's going to be their allies in the race for who's going to triumph in the autonomous world. And uh, I don't like to see Volkswagen combined with Ford because of that diesel thing, because I know that uh, they'll cheat if they can. Well, I'm assuming that there are uh, numbers to support Ford's decisions that SUVs are more profitable than sedans right. and all of that stuff. And but- Ford is right to partner up with Volkswagen, who I believe is um, the leader in this, you know, in electric and autonomous cars but, right now outside but, of Tesla. But I'm concerned about the some of the goofballs that come out of American business schools uh, uh, being uh, a amoral and wanting to be to stand out from the competition just by doing things for the sake of of doing them to to define themselves as special yeah to define and to find themselves as some kind of special visionary uh when they'll they'll leave the company with a golden parachute or whatever that doesn't matter really to them but they're the for the employees and everything else left holding the uh uh, not a, para- a golden parachute, but a, uh, a, an empty bag. Uh, the thing that another thing makes me wonder about what's going on at Ford. With and you brought this in, Shirag, This article from Jalopnik. Ford trying anything at this point buys a scooter company. What what are what are our thoughts about this, uh, Shirag? First, tell us what's happening here. Uh, well, I mean, just off the headline, I haven't I haven't had much time to look into the matter. I, I did read the headline, and I just have to say that I don't know what Ford is doing and where they're going because they've made a string of questionable decisions, in my opinion. Um, Spin Scooters, that is the is the company that they've bought, operates very similar to Bird Scooters, uh, which are very popular here in Los Angeles. Uh, and in Southern California as a whole, they just but, came but, to Riverside. But banned from UC Riverside. Right. They're actually banned from a lot of college campuses because and, and they're you know why? unlicensed motor, motor vehicles. Well, the accidents waiting to happen or maybe already having happened are going to be really bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, these these are motor motorized scooters. They don't have license plates on them. And, and they the fl- you can fly along. Your 180-pound uh, uh, corporeal form is flying along at 20 miles an hour on a with, sidewalk or with, more. With no hel- with in most cases no helmet because you have to bring your own and no brakes. Uh, oh, there right? are, there are brakes. Oh, there are there okay. are brakes. All right, uh, no helmet. Uh, for students, you know, students are a little bit careless. Use head or have headphones in while they're riding them. Can't hear outside distractions and stuff. Uh, but aside from that. Uh, spin scooters right here. It's a flat fee of a dollar, fifteen cents tacked on per minute of use. The same business plan as Bird scooters, uh, which is also just a bit confusing. Why Ford has entered this scape? Um, not too, not too sure why. It sounds like desperation. Well, that's what it sounds like to me as well. Oh, that's what the headline su- headline suggests. Um, I know. I mean, Elon Musk has famously said that he doesn't believe Ford is going to survive the next recession. Ford famously being one of two car companies that has never gone bankrupt and along with Tesla. As as Tesla, as Elon Musk has uh, stated. So they don't want, they only want SUVs and trucks and uh, a four-door Mustang and scooters. But this will give them uh, all kinds of four-door sedans to draw upon if they share chassis. So in a way, what, what do you mean? This you're referring uh, this to the deal Volkswagen deal, Ford and Volkswagen. They can say, "Oh, we saw that electric." Yeah, but they don't. They're all. They already did the numbers, and and their conclusion is that, that uh, sedans. 
yeah, but are not worth doing. Tool, but that's if they had to tool up for it, $150 million. But if they don't have to tool up for it, if it's just a matter of putting the badge on That may be true. Yeah. Shirag, what do you think about that? Well, if, if it's just a matter of rebadging cars, yeah. badge engineering, which uh, like I think are really in the past. Those those days are really in the past. I don't think Ford is gonna is gonna do that over here. But if they do, um, it's a it's a way for Volkswagen to move more units. Maybe and Ford to. I mean, is there any place in the country along. where Volkswagen does not have distribution that Ford does? That's what I think. I don't. You know, Ford. That's not the case. Volkswagen sells their sedans relatively well. The Jetta sells yep. exceptionally well right now, and they sell very well overseas, even better than Ford yep. does in countries like Mexico and Brazil. Yep. Wally, you want to talk about Uber, so yeah, go for uh, it. Uber at one time had these uh, a fleet of uh, Volvo self vehicles, self-driving, uh, and they had a human driver who was supposed to uh, be alert and jump in and take over if there was some threat to the environment. But everybody saw that accident on the news where this woman at night suddenly appears in the windshield and was killed. And... Uh, they didn't have a good explanation except that they have proved that the driver who was supposed to be watching was instead watching some concert or something on some TV in the car. And so that's a case where the human backup driver failed. So now that they found out that that's the case, it wasn't their car, uh, they are going to start driving them again. But this time they're going to have two human backups, which to me doesn't make sense that Is it to have the second human backup because if he doesn't have the steering wheel or brakes at his disposal well then what good is he doing except an extra set of eyes but i think that the whole autonomous movement was hurt by that fatal accident and now it's going to start all over again the big push and uh i myself am still skeptical i wish they would test these on simulated villages you know like i don't know if you guys remember that when the Atomic Energy Commission did some atom bomb tests in the fifties, they of built. Of course, fake I remember villages. that. I was there. Oh, okay, where well, they built these fake villages I'm with uh, model people, you know, sitting at the breakfast table. Like how many of them were? Uh, everybody's up seen that footage like many, many times. Yeah, so I think they should have fake villages uh, for these cars <laughs> to go through because if we get another person killed like this. Uh, it's going to set it's not the whole PR. autonomous movement will be set back again, and I think this is all leading up to a Supreme Court case that hasn't happened yet. That when they when this case will decide the future, like mm-hmm. when a Uber car runs over five little orphans, or I think this if we like back that. up from the specific uh, subject to the general discussion, mm-hmm. is it which is is it worth dying dying in a fiery car crash? If you can do it while watching a Celine Dion concert on on uh, DVD, mm, or our Harry Potter Potter film, I don't know. Harry it's cer- it's certainly film. debatable. Uh, <laughs> so, Sharag, uh, you're you're making note that uh, Trump's trade war with China, which I think is very not devastating, very bad and stupid in any many, sort of economic many, yeah, for, and for the American people, as they will soon find out. Uh, is changing Volvo's production plans. What are What's that about? Uh, well, Volvo right now builds some of their cars in China. They are owned by uh, Geely, as far as I'm, uh, as far as I know, uh, a Chinese car company, and so a lot of their production takes place in China. But because of Trump's trade war uh, with China, Volvo has uh, canceled plans to export the SC60 sedan that uh, is made in the U.S. to China, and 
instead it's just going to have to keep those cars over here and conversely they're going to stop importing the XC60 sport utility vehicle and the S90 uh, sport utility vehicle from China and it'll just drastically reduce the shipments of these cars to the US uh, till they figure out something to do. They may have to um, mainly build their cars in the US. They do have a plant here in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, but for the time being, it looks like they're going to be drastically reducing shipments of their cars here, which is just going to uh, have a negative effect on sales and mm. profits and all sorts of... Okay. All right. Wally, in the last minute, could you tell us about the best of France and Italy? That's a very informal car show. No, no judges running around to judge the cars. It takes place in Van Nuys and Woodley Park. There's also a British version called the Queen's English. And what's great about that car is cars are allowed in any condition as long as they're from the countries that the event's about. So in this case, you saw a lot of unusual Renaults, Citroëns, and car, cars from Italy that I recognized them already, but there was other cars that I didn't, I've only seen in pictures. And one fascinating thing was there was a few cars that I'm sure are illegal gray market cars. And when, when the Auto Week reporter asked somebody how he got this late model Lancia in the country, he was very evasive. But I think that's an interesting group of cars that they're, they shouldn't be here, but they are. The best of France and Italy, and that is the best of Auto Talk for today. For Wallace Weiss, uh, Chirag Dabe, this is Clark Price. Tune in again next time for more Auto Talk. Thanks for listening. <laughs>